I am in a dock. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? That's right, we've gone back, back to the future, to 1982, where we meet Teresa Matthews, Queen of the Apple and Grape Harvest Festival, where discos were the fundraising activity of choice. Teresa was the queen who lost everything in a fire. But fortunately, we still have her sash, her crown, her scepter and her gown, as she donated them to the Stanthorpe Museum to be part of a collection for everyone to enjoy. Join me for this great conversation with Teresa Matthews. I'm here in the Storm King area of Stanthorpe, just outside of town. In fact, I drove past Storm King Dam on my way here looking full and luscious and everything's emerald green around it um, from all of the rain that we've had here around Stanthorpe to meet the 1982 Apple and Grape Harvest Festival Queen. Hello, Teresa Matthews. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for inviting me into your home. I've been keen to catch up with you because I've seen a lot about you and now I finally get to talk to you. At the museum here in Stanthorpe, you donated some key objects from the apple and grape, you know, 80s history. Can you tell us a little bit about what you donated? Well, I had my dress hanging in my cupboard for many years and uh, moving it from side to side and place to place. And I thought, well, what am I going to do with it? So I thought, well, I might just donate it to the museum, which they were um, gratefully acceptive. And I have seen it there in a lovely glass case with the crown and the scepter. So they're all together now. So it's, it's good to see. Now with the scepter, this was news to me. This wasn't something that every queen got. When did you realise the scepter came in? Was that something that, you know, growing up here in Stanthorpe, the scepter was part of the gig? It had been part of it for quite a few years before I um, won it, but I do not know how many years it carried on afterwards. I don't think it was a lot, and nor did the crown. Yeah, okay. So the crown's been on and off. I think that if I'd had my chance again, this would be beyond the sash, but that's okay. Mm. We're still doing beyond the crown because we've mm. seen your crown too. They're handmade. They're yeah. covered in diamantes and costume yeah. jewellery, yeah. um, but yet in the photos it really does look like the million-dollar deal, the amount of light that flashes off mm. it. And it was really quite heavy too and didn't sit straight. <laughs> I remember that well when they put it on my head and I thought, oh, my gosh, and it moved around. And let's go back to, I want to take you back to that moment, back to 1982 in March when you were crowned as the queen of the Apple and Grape Harvest Festival. Uh, How many of you were in, I'm going to say the competition, it's more like a quest. Yeah. Um, There was 14 beautiful girls that year. Oh, varying from probably I was the youngest, I was about 19, up to um, I'm pretty sure some of them were in their early 30s. Yeah, that's quite yeah, a spread. Very early. Yeah. yeah. And tell us about 19-year-old Teresa. Why did she go for the quest? Um, I was asked by the publican of the Central Hotel because um, my father used to drink in there quite often and I was always the one that used to come in and pick him up and take him home. <laughs> and uh, just one afternoon, Friday, late Friday afternoon, he came up to me and asked me if I would like to represent the Central Hotel. 
which I accepted. Uh, we had a lot of fun um, raising money, doing funds, and, um, yeah, that was who I represented. And in that moment when you got asked, what was your first thought or was it an oh, wow moment or, or yeah. a, oh, my God? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, I was um, very excited to represent um, the Central Hotel and also to be part of like an ongoing quest that had been going for many years. It made me feel, um, yeah, very much like a local and very much into the community. And what sort of things did you do to fundraise money for the festival? Oh, we did mainly raffles, lots and lots of raffles. Um, We had dance nights and like little things like that. Can't really recall them all now, but we were quite busy every weekend. I think that's quite funny that in 82 you had dance nights and now the 2022 Quest Young Ambassadors, they're holding 80s disco nights to fundraise. Oh, there you go. So, you know, the old is new again yeah. kind of thing. Um, when you're saying dance nights, what sort of things did you do? Oh, we, was well, it that disco it all, kind of vibe? It was disco stuff then. Oh, yeah. So they, we had like competitions on who could do the best moves and who could do the rocking and, and rolling and some of the Elva Presley um, hips ways and stuff like it was just general it was just a lot of fun we had like um competitions for groups and singles and and things like that yeah nice and raffles what sort of things were you raffling off well, because I worked at the central hotel it was mainly meat trays and cartons of beer and and <laughs> bottles of um alcohol <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they've ever lost their popularity no who doesn't no. love a good meat tray or you That's know right. a slab yeah. of beer yeah. well, the big hams we used to do a lot of those as well Casting your mind back to 82 as well, one of the things I love about your photo from being crowned, I'm just right there on a midweek, 7.30, a country practice. Shane Porteous, one of the big headline actors of the day who played one of the doctors on the show, he crowned you as the special guest. Yeah, that was was very special. That was a a moment to to memorise apart from like winning the afternoon grape. It was a huge thing to meet, you know, Shane and have a chat to him and, yeah, that was great. What did you I talk to him about? Get fangirl oh, with me. Gosh, I can't really remember <laughs> exactly what we talked about, like the TV program and how much I used to watch it and enjoy it and, yeah, just little things like that. I think that's actually something to, it's almost like in a time capsule, isn't it? Like a, that, a mm. country practice, you had to be there at 7.30. There was no stream it. You had to be in yeah. front of your TV. Yeah. Oh, and you worked your day around it. You worked your afternoon to make sure the homework was done or all the jobs were, you know. And dinner was finished. Jobs were all done. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cleaning up have done and everything. Then you sit down and watch it. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Definitely. And to get a TV star like that to come to Stanthorpe, that was big news, mm. incredibly big news. Mm. So what was the sort of vibe that was going on that Shane Porteous was coming to Stanthorpe for the festival? Uh, we didn't know a large time beforehand. It wasn't sort of um, knowledgeable. Um, I think it was probably only about three weeks beforehand that we found out, um, but then the talk was all around town. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Stanthorpe being so small and... Yeah, it was it was definitely a very exciting moment, very exciting time for the town. Yeah. Describe the gala ball because you're crowned at a ball. Yeah, I've heard about the 50s. I've got a bit of an insight into the 60s, but take me to the 80s right now. What was that night like? Oh, gosh. It was really a dream. Um, it was so much fun. There was so many people to speak to and... 
Yeah, it it went so quickly. I remember that. Like it was like six o'clock and we were all sort of getting going there and getting organized. And then all of a sudden it was like two o'clock in the morning and we had to go home. It was it just went so quickly. Uh everyone was dancing. Um and congratulations. And I can actually remember at one point of time I did leave and I went up to the pub because um John Smith, who was the patron of the Central Hotel at the time, couldn't get down because he was obviously extremely busy where he was because not everyone was able to get into oh. the Civic Centre for the Upland Grape. So he and he had dr- to work. And he was working. Oh. So he was very, and I just said to my, because my parents were there obviously, and I said to them, I'm, I'm just nicking out for a moment to go up to the pub. And they said, okay, well, we'll see you later. So I flew up there and, um, you know, I was given a large bottle of champagne. I thought, well, I better not drink that tonight. So. <laughs> and what was his reaction other than oh, champagne? Was he thrilled? thrilled, yeah. Obviously he knew because he would have found out like straight away and I didn't get up there for well, at least a couple of hours after the craning. But, yeah, he was thrilled and, yeah, it was good. Look, in the 80s too, local TV did a lot of coverage of um, the festival. They did it in the 90s as well. Yeah. Were you on TV? Was there an interview as part of this too? Uh, yes, there was. Uh, we had an interview, I think it was the following day after the craning. Um, and then we also had the Up and Great Races, which was the following weekend, I think. Yeah, and we, we all the queens were there, all the princesses were there, and we all had interviews there as well. So all of that went onto the television as well, yeah. How did that feel, all of a sudden being a little bit of a celeb yourself? Pretty overwhelming. In fact, very overwhelming as I was like only 19 too, so yeah. I was very young. Yep. But, um, and becoming, as they call it today, like an amb- ambassador for Stanthorpe. Um, we were that then as well. You know, we were, uh, you know, crowned to be representing the town. So that, that was... Um, Quite overwhelming, but very thrilling and, and, yeah, loved every minute of it, yeah. Tell us a bit more about this gown. We've said a gown was, you know, donated to the museum. Can you just describe it a bit for us? It was quite simple. I looked everywhere for it and I actually found it in a very small shop in Allera, very small little shop. Um, Didn't really know what I was looking for, didn't want something overwhelming, just wanted something... um, quite sweet and it was a, a cream dress, shoestring straps <laughs> with a um, little overcoat and, and pleated skirt, like fine, finely pleated skirt and it was just perfect. But uh, I did look for it for lots and lots of places before I found it in this tiny little shopping hour. Mm. Nice. So it was even bought really local in mm. what we now know as Southern Downs. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. It's also kind of nice and I'm being unapologetically nostalgic that I've seen so much of the 50s queens and they all wore cream. That was the evening sort of colour. And then to see your dress from the 80s in Mm. the museum and it's Mm. a cream, then that's the elegance through simplicity because it is a very elegant but simple design. Um, And there's a bit of a nod back to those sort of apple blossom times um, in a way, I think. But um, And maybe I'm waxing lyrical but I'm unapologetic about that too. So there you know to I think it's really interesting to see how things have come back sort of history repeating in that sort of respect yeah that's right yeah um I think a lot of the dresses in those days were of like the the paler colors um like I think because people you know were trying to more be themselves instead of 
outlandish sort of things that they wear these days. But yeah. yeah. And even coming out of the late 70s where there was just so much colour, mm. shape and brightness mm. to them, a lot of metallics. So it's sort of like it was almost a reactionary to that. So, yeah. That's right. But I must have remembered the dress that I wore two years later to hand the crown over was bright red. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was 84, <laughs> mid-80s. <laughs> that's right. And when you handed, actually tell us a little bit about the handing over of the crown because that's, the ritual, isn't it, about handing over the role? Yeah. What was your job as the former, soon to be former queen? How did you hand? Did you get to crown them? Is that how it worked at the um, gala ball? Yeah, at the the next crowning, two years on, um, I was there to crown the new queen for the next two years. Um, that was lovely too. It was a, a great night to remember. And in terms of things like the festival itself, what are your fond memories of growing up with the Apple and Grape Harvest Festival? What are your favourite bits of it? Oh, we, even from a childhood, we always looked forward to it. And I can clearly remember um, one year I was in the pony club for many years and as a child we put a pony club float in and we had a horse on the back of the truck and, and all the kids in their pony club uniforms and it had been for numerous years before before that and after that have I taken part in the Grand Parade, either representing childcare centres that I worked in or schools that I worked for or pony club or, you know, there's always been some some part of it that I've, you know, always taken part in. So you're giving us hints of Teresa Beyond the Crown. What have you done as part of the community, you know, in terms of jobs or roles you know, since that crowning? Oh, goodness me. I've done a lot of things. I um, I ran a childcare centre for a few years. I've got an advanced diploma in childcare. Um, I'm a hairdresser as well. And for the last two years, I've actually been working in aged care. So I'm a nurse at the, the um, local aged care centre. You're also still working with horses and ponies. I mean, I've parked beside the horse trailer coming into your home here at Storm King. How many horses have you got here at the property? Uh, we have eight here at the moment. Yep. Very diverse. Um, my husband does camp drafting um, and a little bit of show jumping and I do dressage. So we've got everything here from a stock horse to a warm blood cross Connemara. So there's all all mixed horses and different levels and doing different things. But um, as I mentioned to you before, I'm getting a pin taken out of my leg on Monday from a, an accident I had a couple of years ago. So hopefully after that will be all all good. Things have been pretty slow in that period. So yeah. yeah. You had a reunion of Queens for the, I think it's the 50th anniversary in 2016 for the Apple and Grape Harvest Festival. Yes, Tell please. us about that big reunion that you had. Oh, it was great. It was great to meet up with um, the other girls um, from previous years and also from um, that year. I hadn't um, seen the Charity Queen for <laughs> numerous years and it was great to have a chat to the Apple Blossom girls and, and you know, where they are and what they're doing. Yeah, it was, it was like a great weekend, yeah. And you guys all had your photo taken together as well, didn't you? We did. I don't have a copy of that, so um, unfortunately, because I lost it in a fire. So, and I also don't have a cop, a large copy of when I was a queen either. So I, you know, I'd like to try and get hold of that somewhere at some time. 
Yes, yeah. and we're on the fo- the hunt with Croston Studios about potentially yeah. getting a copy of that photo ones, back. Yeah. We've got some leads. Stay tuned. <laughs> but uh, yes, you <laughs> lost things in a fire. Happen. That did that drive a lot of the decision too about, or did that did the donation of the dress and the crown and your scepter happen before the fire? Well before. Thank goodness. Probably ten years or more before. Yeah. 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 Long time. Did you lose your sash in the fire or did you donate that to the museum No, I had that. That was up in a safe up the shed so it wasn't in the fire so I didn't lose that. I also was very lucky that I didn't lose my daughter's um, Deb dress because that was at the um, people to be under repair because it wasn't a little bit too big, I think, for my daughter so she was getting it taken in because it was exactly that time and everyone said, oh, did you lose your daughter's dress? And I said, no, I actually didn't because it was... At um, Pozieres, getting refitted, oh, wow. so that was great. Yep. So, yeah. You had the sash in a safe in a shed. Yes. Look, this city girl wants to zoom in on that for There's a second. There's a couple of things I had in that safe. What um, was in it? A necklace that my mother had, which she's passed away now. Yep. And it was one that she treasured that her father had given her. Um, a small um, collection of um, coins. And my sash. That was about all that was in there. Wasn't a great deal in there. Um, I didn't have my passport in there, um, which was really sad. And I didn't have my birth certificate either. So I had to catch up on them. That was pretty difficult to get hold of all of those as I have an English birth certificate. But, um, yeah, those few things were up there. Why was it an important thing for you to keep the sash in the safe? Oh, gosh. It's something that you don't ever want to lose, I think. Um, like you go through a lot of things in life, but some things in life will always stick in your mind and they'll always be part of who you are. And they're, they're just things you don't ever want to lose. Like, so you, you lock them away forever, I think. Yeah. And that sounds like that night when you got crowned and it's an honour really. And given that role of representing your community, that sounds like it was really meaningful to you. Oh, it certainly was. Yes. And I think it shapes you for the rest of your your life too. I think it, um, you know, it, it has a huge impact. Yeah. And thinking now, you know, the young ambassadors for the 2022 festival, what's your advice or what you'd like to see for the future? Oh gosh, my advice. I think the biggest thing is to make the most of it, have fun, learn, meet new people, um, and, and just cherish the moments, cherish whether you win or whether you lose, like enjoy the steps, you know, enjoy everything that you do towards it. You know, it'll all, all go down into your memory. So, you know, just, yeah, have a really good time and learn lots. Yeah. Now, in terms of memory, I have a bonus question to ask you. Every queen, regardless of year, has remembered something about their interview with the panel when you've gone through that process, what stands out in your mind that you got asked at the time? Um, the questions were very overwhelming. They were really quite difficult and I got through nearly to the end and I remember them asking me, what is one of the major tourist attractions of Queensland? And I just went completely blank. Had no idea. Ah. <laughs> uh, I think I mumbled something about, you know, being the Gold Coast and the Sunshine State and something like that. And then she said to me, what about the Barrier Reef? And I quickly 
came up with an answer that, oh, yes, of course. I was on my way up there. And then the 1974 floods washed us out and we got stuck at Harvey Bay and we never did get to go to the Barrier Reef. But it's <laughs> definitely one of my big things on my bucket list to tick. And I think maybe because I came up with the dates of the um, the Brisbane floods or something like that, it got me out of it. But, yeah, it was. I thought, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> nice save, I'm gone. <laughs> nice save. And in turn, like, with... We're referring to holidays there too. Because you won, there's always been a holiday component um, being announced as the winner. Yep. What was your prize? Three weeks in Hawaii. Hawaii? Yes, we were flown to Hawaii to <sighs> stay at the, oh, what was it called, Ikea or something like that, or Kia, hmm, something like that motel for nearly three weeks. What yeah. was? Do you have mem- fond memories? Oh, going down the beach, um, lying by the pool, yes, virtually doing a lot of nothing, um, checking out the islands. Yeah, it was, it was a really good few weeks, yeah, had a lot of fun there. And I want to sort of ground this in a little bit of context too. I mean, it's 1982, you're 19 and you just won a three-week holiday Hawaii. That's worth coin for the time. It's not mm. like every 19-year-old was just heading off to Hawaii with their passport at the time. No, not like today where everyone's going to Bali. Yes. Um, yep. No, young, young people sort of really didn't do that in that era, um, certainly not virtually like by themselves. So was it yeah. a big deal for you in terms of did that open your eyes just to see another part of the world? Um, it did and it didn't. Um, as I said before, I was I was born in the UK and, and my parents and I feel like my family always used to go to Spain for our holidays. And then we moved to Australia and we sort of moved around Australia and a, a few places before we settled in Stanthorpe. So um, move, looking out of my backyard, I sort of had done that before. So it, it wasn't it wasn't overwhelming. It was more exciting. Yeah. Because I had never been to Hawaii before and everyone hears about Hawaii and you get the Hawaii 5.0 programs on TV <laughs> at that, that stage. Um, so, yeah, it was very exciting to go, extremely Teresa, final question for you. Where do you think, you know, the future lies for something like the Apple and Grape Harvest Festival? Well, I really hope it continues. I think it will change. It has changed a lot. Evolution, it will keep changing. Is it something you still want to see continue in the future? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Stanford won't be Stanford without it, I don't think. And I think you should always celebrate what Stanthorpe is and what Stanthorpe does. And really that's what the Apple and Grape is. It's a big party for everyone to come to and everything, but really the the, the background of Stanthorpe, well, it, whether it was the Apple Blossom or whether it was the Apple and Grape, is the hard work that the families and the residents do to make Stanthorpe what it is. And that's produced the best fruit and vegetables and wine probably in Queensland or it's going into state, now it's going overseas. So, you know, we're... It's getting bigger and bigger and so Stanthorpe and what it does. So, yeah, to have that little festival every two years to promote and congratulate um, all the farmers and and corporations and that involved, yeah, I really hope it keeps going. Thank you so much for speaking with me on Beyond the Crown today. This has been a fantastic chat. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) In the next episode of Beyond the Crown, we're headed to 1992, where everything's a little bit too sexy and smells like teen spirit, and some of my talent are moving in mysterious ways. 
1992 was a big year for music, but it was a big year for Robin Puglisi, now known as Robin Henderson, for she was crowned the 1992 Harvest Festival Queen. We talk a lot about running a vineyard in the 90s and beyond, and the rise of Granite Belt Wine District as a wine growing area in its own right. Beyond the Crown has been made possible by the Regional Arts Development Fund, RADF, and it is a partnership between the Queensland Government and the Southern Downs Regional Council to support local arts and culture in regional Queensland.